Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. All right, let's get to our theme verse for our scripture uh, or our scripture for kind of the, the month that we've been focusing on. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 in the message says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure everything out on your own. How many of you guys, you've been learning something in this series and you've realized, you know what? I don't have to figure everything out on my own. Uh, anybody been trying to figure everything out on your own? You don't have to raise your hand, but how's it been working? Have you been doing okay? Has it been a little tough? Figuring everything out on your own is a lot like putting together Ikea furniture. It just doesn't work. Sometimes you need some instruction. You need some guidance, even if it feels a little unclear. And so how do you not figure everything out on your own? Well, you listen for God's voice. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Not just some of the things, not just the big things, but everything that you do. Everywhere that you go, he's the one. I love that. He's the one who will keep you on track. See, my goal, and I know this is your goal for you, you you wouldn't come and tell me. My goal in life is to get off track, right? My goal in life is just to kind of figure it out and fall apart. No, your goal in life is to have a plan. Your goal in life is to get somewhere. Your goal in life is maybe to accomplish some things or figure out some things or to do some things for God. And if that's your goal, guess what? God has a solution for you. God actually wants to guide your steps. He actually wants to give you, last week we talked about how God wants to give you encouragement. He wants to give you direction. He wants to give you, you know, uh, uh, these, these impressions that you can determine, should I go left or should I go right? Which is the way to go? Because in everything you do and everywhere you go, he wants to keep you on track. But here's the big question that we've been leading up to this whole series is once I've heard the voice of God and all of us have the ability to hear the voice of God, it is something that is innate in you. Now it is learned and it is matured. The more you listen to his voice, the greater your ear becomes in tune. When you first start hearing his voice, it's a little like, is that you God or is it not you? You know, when Jennifer calls me on the phone, I know her voice. I don't have to have caller ID to know that's my wife on the other line. And I really want God's voice to be that loud and clear in your life. That when, when God speaks to you, you're like, okay, I'm only 60, 40, but I'm pretty sure that's God's voice. I'm pretty sure that's him speaking to me. And so over the years, I've had a lot of times where I've heard the voice of God. And then I've had a lot of times where other people have heard the voice of God for me. Have you ever had any of those people? I feel it's one of the most dangerous phrases in church. I feel like God is telling me to tell you. Oh, really? Oh, really? Tell me. Anybody ever been told and you're like, I don't know if that's from God. But they were very convincing. And when you throw out the God card, I mean, what do you do with it? I mean, I guess God does want me to jump off a cliff. I mean, here we go. But there's those moments where it's like other people are coming and telling you, hey, I think God is sane and they mean well. Or there are moments where you really feel like, okay, I've been giving this to God. I've been, I've been trusting God with this, and God, I need your voice. But, but when I hear the voice, and oftentimes it comes in a whisper, it's not the fire and the crash and the bang like the obvious, like voice from heaven, loud and clear, roll, 
do this. No, it's a whisper sometimes. Some might call it an impression. How do you know the impression is God? Or how do you know it's not just, as some preachers say, the pizza you ate last night? See, I want to know that it's God. And so how do I know if it is or it isn't God? Because I've, I've learned this about the voice of the Lord and people that often have given me words before. I've had some words that people have given me that were dead on. We had a word from a lady in our church uh, a few years ago, about six years ago, didn't know us, Jennifer and I, from Adam. I mean, it was in Virginia. There was, you know, at that time we had about 1,500 volunteers, so we didn't personally know all the volunteers that we were leading. And uh, a lady called up in the church and said, God spoke to me this morning. God gave me a word for you, and here it is. And that word came to pass. It was spot on. It was a word that we could trust. But I've gotten a lot of other words throughout the years that, honestly, I just should have flushed them because they were not of God. And I've learned this, that even the best sometimes, they miss it. Even well-meaning people that think they heard from God, they, they miss it. And so what do you do? How do you filter, is it God or is it not God? How do you filter your own voice that you're trying to figure out, is that God's voice in your life? Or how do you filter the voice of others when you're trying to figure out, is it really God speaking through them? Well, the Bible gives a great answer for it in 1 John chapter 4. And I hope you'll take notes today. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, just write it down anyways. It makes me feel better. It says this in 1 John 4, 1. It says, dear friends, I love it. The Bible calls us friends. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit. Don't believe everything, but test the spirits, plural. There are some spirits that are not the right spirit. There are some spirits that are not the Holy Spirit. Do not believe every spirit, but test every spirit. To do what? To see whether or not they're from God. See, when I get a word from God, I want to test the spirit. I want to know, is this from you, God, or is it just an impression that I put on myself? Is this from you, God, or is it maybe the enemy speaking things into my head? Is this from you, God, that that person just gave me that word? And so I want to test the spirits. See, if we don't learn this, here's what we'll do. We'll trust every spirit. We're not called to trust every spirit. We're called to test every spirit. And so I don't want to trust every voice that comes at me, but I do want to test it. Because there are some people that are coming to your life that God may use. There are some people that don't know you, have never met you, that God has spoke to them about you. And I don't want to trust every word, but I want to test it to know, is it from God? Is that something that God is trying to give me direction on? Is it my feeling that I'm feeling right now? Sometimes our feelings will lie to us. Anybody ever been there? You felt something, you're like, mm, I don't know, I felt like it's right, so it must be God. Well, not every feeling is right. Not every impression you have is from God, and so you can't trust your feelings. You do need to test them, though. And so here's the, the big idea today. If I were to give you one kind of bottom line phrase today, it's this, that you would learn to test every spirit and ask yourself, is it God? Is it God? 
See, because if not, we, we, Proverbs 14, 12 said, there's a way that appears right. Sometimes there are moments that they may seem right, but the end leads to death. It may sound like it was a good idea. It may feel like it was a God idea, but it was not. And so, what's the filter? I want to give you five things today, and I could probably give you a few more, but for the sake of 22 minutes and 24 seconds, I want to give you five. Five things that I think, if you just, if you just put these into practice, they'll help you. They'll help you determine whether or not, was it God or was it not? When that person said that, do I trust it or do I test it? I want to test it. And so let me give you the filters in which you can test the voices that you hear and whether or not something is from God. Number one is this. Filter number one, is it scriptural? Is it scriptural? Let me just start with this basic truth. God's voice will never, if I could bold it anymore, maybe we could make it a thousand points right now. God's voice will never contradict God's word. God's voice in someone else will never contradict God's word. God's voice in your head will never contradict God's word. See, Luke says this, the writer says, and, and, and though all of heaven and earth shall pass away, his words remain forever true. See, the Bible is forever true. Written over 1,500 years, over 40 different authors, shepherds and kings and fishermen and all of that, medical people. 1,500 years, 66 books, all inspired by the voice of God. Prophecy fulfilled. Questions answered. It's in the book. And we can trust it. See, if we're going to trust something, I want to trust in God. I want to trust in his word. And so when I hear a voice saying, go left or go right, let me test it first to the word of God. Is this line up with scripture? Is this something that I see in God's word? See, the Bible says this, that the word of God is alive and powerful. God's word is alive and powerful. I love that. It's living and active, another translation says. And so God's word isn't just like a dead piece of advice. No, it is alive and it is powerful. If you pick it up, I promise you, it will become alive and active in your life. You've got to allow it to be. You've got to pick it up and say, God, may I receive these words as your word. See, if you want to hear the voice of God, the clearest and easiest way you can hear his voice is to read his word. There's no clearer way that you can hear the voice of God. There's no better you know, uh, uh, person you can trust or something you can put your trust in than the word of God. It is alive. It is living. It is powerful. It is active. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between two words here, very key. You have to get the soul and the spirit. And so we learned this a few months ago that we are triune beings. We are made of our body, our soul, and our spirit. Now, our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. 
It's our feelings. Sometimes our feelings, right, they'll lie. Sometimes our feelings may not be accurate. And so the word of God is alive and powerful and it cuts between our feelings and the spirit. So it has a way to get right in between. This is what you feel, but this is what God says. And so it's alive and active and there's nothing more powerful that can bypass the soul than the word of God. And so if you're taking notes, I think this is just a phrase. It may be too much to write down, but maybe just let this sink in. Here's what I think we should do. We should check every prompting you receive against the thematic teachings of scripture. All throughout scripture, there are themes. And so it may not be black and white, but there is a theme. And so we want to test what we hear and we want to test what we receive from the overarching theme of scripture. And then messages that contradict scripture, we have to believe they're not from God. Well, God told me to divorce my spouse. I really believe it. Okay, what does the Bible have to say about divorce? What is the situation you're in? What would God's word have to say about that? Well, I don't know. I think if I just don't love her anymore or I don't love him anymore and we've all been, you know, it's fine. I can just go off on my own thing. God told me to do it. Well, that contradicts God's word. You see how this works out? I'm not picking on one. I'm just, I was cherry picking, I guess, on an easy one. And that's the thing. If God, if it's in God's word, then it's got to be black and white. And we've got to know this, no, thus saith the Lord. When the enemy tested Jesus, right, took him out into the wilderness, began to test him on three different occasions, what was Jesus' response? For it is written. He, he tested what the enemy said, and his response was, no, I'm not going to receive that because it's, it's written. It is written. All right, number two. So you got that one. That's a big one. That's your first one. Before you do any of those, start there. Number two, will it make me more like Christ? If I do this, will it make me closer to God or will it pull me away from God? I think it's so interesting sometimes that when, when we get busy or anxious or our schedules get out of whack or all these things and, and, and we start saying things like, I, I feel like God wants me to take a break and all those things, and those, those are great, right? But then what happens is we don't just take a break from our schedule, we take a break from God. And so it's learning when we hear God's voice, what is he really saying? Maybe God was saying, take a break from some stuff that has your time. Not a God who wants some of your time, that wants to spend time with you, that wants to have relationship with you. And so I've got to test the spirits that I'm hearing. I've got to test the voices. And I've got to ask myself, does it make me more like Christ? Because I have a goal in my life, and my goal is this, that in my life, that I want to think and act like Jesus Christ. And so when you hear that voice, ask yourself, is this going to make me more like Christ? 
Is this line up with his character and his nature? And in order to do that, I think you've got to learn one very powerful thing that I think is so important in all of our lives. And it's learning this, this, this idea or having this idea of taking thoughts that are in our head captive and making it obedient or making them obedient to Christ. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, we take every thought captive, every thought. So every thought that comes into our head isn't necessarily God's thought. And so I have to learn to filter my thoughts. His ways are much higher, the Bible says, than my ways. So I have to learn to take my thoughts captive. Okay, God, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's the impression. Here's my thoughts I give them over to you. And then step back. Step back when you're making those decisions and and ask yourself questions like, does it sound like God to me? Does, Does this decision, does this business venture, does this, you know, making this choice, this relationship, on and on and on, and I can just keep, you know, throwing out things, whatever it is, in everything you do, everywhere you go, right? I want to trust God. I want him to establish my path. And so when I hear that voice, I got to filter it. Does this sound like the character of God? Does this line up with his word? Not only does it line up with his word, does it make me more like Christ? If those things are good, then come on, let's walk and roll. You know, it lines up with his word. You know, it's not pulling me away from Christ. I don't think it goes against God's character. There's some good, pretty good filters. Even if you get it wrong, they're probably good guardrails to keep you from crashing and burning. So maybe it was 60-40. Maybe it was like, I think it was God, but I'm not sure. Well, I'd rather step forward in an I'm not sure in the safety of his word and his nature than in the safety of just my own thoughts. Right? All right, number three. This is a big one, okay? I'm just going to preface it ahead of time. You're not going to like it. Does godly counsel confirm it? All right, let me give you some scriptures. Proverbs. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of fools, this is not me, okay? This is the Bible. (laughs) Seems right to them. But the wise listen to advice. Students (laughs) in the room, there are There really are, I know this is hard to believe, there really are people that have gone before you, (laughs) that have learned some lessons, that have heard from God, that have grown in him. I know, I know, I know. But they actually have good advice. (laughs) To not receive it is to be a fool. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there's no counsel, the people, they fall. See, nobody wakes up, right, and just says, you know what, I hope I fall today. I hope I just fail. It's what I want to do. Throw it all away. It's the cliche, right? People don't plan to fail. They just, they fail to plan, Well, what do I want to plan? I want to plan seeking God, seeking his word and 
seeking godly counsel because in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. And so even if it was a bad decision, there's some safety. I've sought some, some godly counsel and I'm trusting that under the umbrella of some godly counsel, I'm not gonna go off of a cliff. Even if it may not be 100%, I'm like 99% sure it's the right idea. I at least know there's a little safety. Yeah. One more scripture on that. Proverbs 11.9, you can be ruined. I'll just read it first. You can be ruined by the talk of godless people, but the wisdom of the righteous can save you. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I sought godly counsel. I went to my friend. They've been to church one time. Oh, I sought godly counsel. I went to those people I knew would agree with me. Oh, I, 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 I sought godly counsel. I mean, they're like, you know, they got a business and their lives isn't too bad. Okay, you can be ruined, the Bible says, by the talk of godless people. See, let me give you a filter for what is godly counsel. Number one, they have a relationship with God. When you think about them, you actually look up to their walk with God. That would be a good filter. Like when I see them, I think, by how you live and how you act and our conversations, I don't know this for sure, but I actually think that you walk with God. Filter number one for them. Number two, when they give you advice, they point to his word and they point to his nature. They're, they're living these first two filters. They don't just give you opinion, they give you God. And so I wanna, I wanna not be ruined by the talk of godless people, I want wisdom from righteous people because righteous people can save me from a trap. And so here's the decision I've gotta make. Here's what I'm, should I go to this college? Should I start this business? Should I date this person? Should, you know, on and on and on. Okay, I don't, I, there's not really a black and white. And, and, and I, I, don't, I think God's cool with it. I don't think it's against God's nature. Okay, let me bring it to some godly people. Let me go ask two or three people, how do you feel about this? What do you think? I mean, you know me, you know God, you have a relationship with God. And I would say that's another part of it. Not only do they know God, but I would say they should know you. They should know a little bit about you. They should know a little bit about your giftings and who you are and all that stuff. You know, you don't go over, you know, to a stranger that knows nothing about you and doesn't know, you know, I don't know. You go up to a stranger, it's like, should I, you know, sign up for American Idol? I don't know. I've never heard you sing before. You know, like, I want to go to people that's actually heard me and know me and they feel me. You know what I'm saying? A little bit. And so let me say this when it comes to also godly counsel and seeking them out. Don't search until you get agreement, but listen to the wise. What do I mean by that? Well, the first two godly people I went to told me, you shouldn't do that. So I'm going to go find like five or six other godly people, and once two tell me I'm good, I'm good. I listened to godly counsel. I don't know, three out of five told you it was a bad decision. Sometimes... Maybe the three, they were wrong. That, that's why you've got you to get close to God. 
Remember what I said last week, that in order to hear a whisper, that God wants to whisper to you, but in order to hear a whisper, you got to be close to him. So you got to stay close to God. you got to know what you're hearing. And then when you do go get godly counsel, just make sure you're not just searching until somebody says yes. If you're hearing a bunch of no's and you're getting some wisdom, then let that not, maybe it's not a no, but it should at least be a pause. It should at least be like, if three or four are telling me, three or four are telling me it's a dumb idea, then I, I'm not, I heard from God. Maybe you think, you know, I really heard from God. Well, just, just pause for a minute then. Go ask him, hey, why do you think that? Would you, would you pray about that with me? Because I really feel like I heard from God. Do you mind? Can we like for a week or two, and you tell this to that person, for a week or two, can we take it to prayer together? Because I know this sounds like a crazy idea and maybe your initial thing is like, no. But can we pray about this together? You need that kind of relationship, by the way, with godly people in your life. If you don't have any like that, you should join a small group. Okay, you should, you should get some leaders around your life, some people around your life in this church that you can bounce things off of and, you know, godly. You need, some, you need some older people in your life, some people full of wisdom. If all the people you get advice from are your peers and your parents, branch out a little bit, all right? Go get some aunts and uncles in the faith. Go get some grandmas and grandpas in the spirit, you know? Find somebody. And so that was number three. Number four is this. Is this okay, everybody? Okay, is it wise? Is it wise? Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but wise, Ephesians says. That's a great idea. Thank you so much. Do not forsake wisdom. Do not forsake wisdom. She will protect you. I love that. She'll protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. Man, I want to... I want to receive wisdom. I want to be led by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit in my life. The book of James chapter 1 verse number 5 says this, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God. He will give it to you. Who gives generously without what? Finding fault. And it will be given to you. I love that. If you lack wisdom, just ask God. He gives it generously without finding fault that's so good he just says all right you want it here you go i'll give you more than what you need thanks for seeking me thanks for trusting me thanks for asking me which way to go thanks for getting close to me thanks for not doing it all on your own i'll give it to you generously without finding fault it'll be given to you. See, not every, and again, they're just filters, right? I would suggest you go in order, <laughs> but the order doesn't really matter, I guess, but I, I do think going in order, I tried to put them in order for you, like step one, two, three, four, and five, but if you're going to go out of order, at least try to do them all, you know, but if you're only going to do two, just do the first two, but not every decision, how many of you know you make is black and white? Most of the time, our decisions are made in the gray areas. Most of the time, you know, when we make decisions, you know, they're not like immoral, you know, or, you know, sin. You know, it's just like, it's a decision. 
Should I buy that house? I, I, God, should I? Is it wise? Like, it's a gray thing, right? I, I don't feel like there's an answer for it. I, I feel like it's not against God's character. I feel like God's word doesn't really speak black and white to me. Godly counsel was like, I don't know, you got a budget? Can you afford it? Sure. And then I've got to step back and just say, well, is it wise? See, not everything is right or wrong, but sometimes it's just, is it the wise thing to do? And so in every area where it's not right or wrong, the question is, is it wise? And the Bible says he'll give you wisdom if you seek him. And he'll give you more than enough. Generously, he'll give it to you. And so when you're asking that you know, question, is it wise? Maybe it's this filter. In light of my past experiences, what's the wise thing to do? In light of my current circumstances, what's the wise thing to do? In light of my future and my hopes and my dreams, what's the wise thing to do? So in light of where I've been, is this wise for me? In light of where I am, is this wise for me? In light of where I want to go, is this wise for me? So it's not right or wrong. It's just, is it the right thing to do? Is it the wise thing to do? Where is this going to lead me? And so number one, we want to go to God. We want to go to his word. Number two, we want to filter it through his character and then godly counsel. And then number four, we just want to ask, is, is it wise? And if we've done all of that, let me give you this last one. And this last one, I didn't start with first, but it's often the first thing that you get when you feel like God's calling you to do something or whispering to you. But it can be very hard to sense it. So I put it at the end because I wanted to give you a filter before you started here. But the last is this. Do I sense God's peace about it? Is there just a peace in my soul? Or is there confusion? If there's confusion, maybe it's a pause. See, God is not the author of confusion but a peace. Do you know who is the author of confusion? The enemy of our soul. But God is the prince of peace. Colossians 3 says this, let the, the peace of Christ, let it rule in your heart. We moved here to start this church because we heard the voice of God. One of the ways we knew it was God is there was a peace in our heart. We knew it was the whisper of God when the peace in our heart saturated us. And so, would you close your eyes all across this room? I want to ask you a question today. Nobody looking around. Here, here's the first question. The first question is this. What area do you feel like God is trying to speak to you in? What area do you feel like you need to hear the voice of God in? What challenge are you walking through? What moment? What issue? Where do you need God? 
Right now, may this, with nobody looking around, may this seven-word prayer speak to your heart right now. And my prayer is this. Speak, Lord, for your church is listening. Speak, Lord, for your church is listening. As you're quiet, may God be loud. As you're still, may you hear his voice. Now, as God is speaking to you, or maybe God has spoken to you, the last question would be this. Now, what do you need to do? In light of his voice, in light of what he's saying, what do you think is the next step for you? Is it something that you heard over the last few weeks or months and you need to take it to prayer and his word because it's kind of out of left field and you just want to make sure it lines up with his character? Is there someone you need to go talk to this week, some godly counsel that you need to seek? Is there wisdom you need? Father, I just pray, James 1, 5, over our church. Those needing wisdom, would you give it to them right now generously? May the wisdom of heaven saturate them from top to bottom. May they walk out of here with a whisper saying, I believe God's given me wisdom on this. Or maybe for you, you've just been waiting on the peace of God. Father, I pray if there's been anyone in this room today, they've been waiting on peace. May you be the Prince of Peace right now. May you be the Prince of Peace. And Father, I pray as a church that every day that we would listen for your voice. God, as our church wakes up in the morning, may they listen for your voice. As they go to bed at night, may they listen for your voice. And God, after they've heard it, may they do what it says. May we not just be hearers, but may we also, as your word says, be doers. So may we hear and may we do. And Father, I pray for those in the room today that they're far from you. Today, what they need more than anything is just to be in relationship with you because you got to be close to hear a whisper. They desperately need your voice and they realize today that in order to hear it, they've got to commit their lives to you and just say, God, I'm yours. The Bible says that anyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're in here today and you're like, I don't know if I walked out of here today, I, I don't know if I could tell you I'm a Christian or not, or heaven would be my home, any of those things, but today I, I'm ready. I think I'm ready to, to actually walk out having that answer, knowing that if I walked out of here that, that I've said yes to Jesus. If that's you and today you're like, I need to say yes to Jesus, I want to encourage you. Nobody's looking around. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you would say, that's me today. I need to say yes to Jesus. I'd love to pray with you.
lead you in a prayer. If that's you, can I maybe just encourage you to slip up a hand so I know who I'm praying for? It's not not to embarrass you or call you out. I just love to pray over you, join with you. All right. Well, Father, I pray that as a church that we would hear your voice loud and clear. I pray that, God, you would continue to help us reach a loss in a broken city. I pray you put broken people in our paths this week. God, I pray that you help us to extend the invitation to those around us that are hurting and desperate. And God, I pray that you would um, would just help us to be cities on a hill, lights in a dark world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.